right, welcome in everybody to another episode of the Fancy Engineers Podcast. Uh, it's been a little bit, but me and Tune are back. What's up, Tune? What's going on? Not much. We're here for a buy low episode. Uh, we, as usual, have gotten busy with life again, so we're excited to be back. Hopefully we can get a couple videos out to you guys. We want to start with this buy low that we've been excited about because there's still quite a few guys out there that we think are underperforming. We think these guys will bounce back, so if you can get them at a price that you think is lower than probably where they were drafted, this would be a great time to target them. This is going to be a lot of bigger name guys right now early in the season because some of the the risks later in the draft we're not sure on, so I wouldn't be calling them buy lows yet until we see a little bit more from them. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and start off with my favorite buy low and at this point in the season, I would love to grab Damian Lillard if I can grab him, grab him from somebody. He's shooting a putrid 23% from three right now. His career average is 37.3. So that's a 14% decrease right now at, from three. And I think that easily goes up. His assists look great. He's averaging over eight assists a game. Um, he's got all the, you know, he still looks like he's in control of the team. Everything's still there that makes it look like he's going to be the leader and the primary scorer. So things are going to go up from him. He's he's not doing terrible right now. He's averaging around 30 fantasy points, which is good. But we know he can do more. He was a first-round pick in a lot of drafts. If you're able to get him for someone who's averaging around that 30 mark as well, it would be a great pickup right now for me. And plus Portland, if you're a night-to-night uh, week, weekly matchups, he plays on a lot of off nights, which gives you some points on nights when your team is usually – hurting pretty bad. So I, I would love to go out and grab Damian Lillard. I think there's no way he doesn't go up for the rest of the season. I know there's the whole Philly trade hype, but he seems pretty focused in Portland. And even if he goes to Philly, it seems like there's plenty of offensive opportunity for him there. You just might lose some of the schedule. But I think Damian yeah. Lillard's a great grab right now. I definitely agree. Um, yeah, that's also one thing I was going to bring up is, you know, he's been he's been mentioned in many different trade talk. You know, he's constantly turned it down, saying he's 10 toes down in, you know, Rip City. So let's hope it stays like that. But like I said, he's, he's in a huge shooting slump, and I don't yeah. expect him to stay like that. There's yeah, been mention, though, with, you know, the, the the injury, you know, some abdominal injuries yeah, yeah, been suffering sure. through. So that's something to take into account. But, yeah, if you can, you know, you can use some of those guys who are playing well, you know, the ones that are in the sell high, like, you know, Miles Bridges, use some of those guys to make a pair and maybe take a stab at Damian Lillard, you know, definitely oh, yeah. go for it. Yeah, and with those 10 toes, it doesn't matter which city those 10 toes are in, as long as they're still knocking it down from the logo, they'll be fine. I'm telling you, if he if he you know talks with Embiid and you know he hears championship, I think his mind could change. But yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Dame Dame should definitely turn it around. Um, you know, bring that field goal percentage back up. He'll be good. He'll be good. I got an interesting pick. Uh, De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox, young guy, younger guy. Um, I think it's fourth year in the league. Um, averaging 18 points so far this season, shooting a third, uh, shooting 38.5 percent from. Uh, 48, 48% is what his career is. Really off right now. Um, again, Harrison Barnes is doing really well for them, so it's kind of been overlooked on the Kings. But Damian, uh, I said Damian Lord, <laughs> Fox should definitely bring back, uh, be able to bring it back to where you know where he's accustomed. He's young. He's in a real big shooting slump, just, just like Dame. He's in a real big shooting slump, shooting 60% from the free throw line. It just seems like everything's off for him. So I expect him to make a huge comeback, especially with the Kings and continue trying to get better, um, trying to figure everything out. Um, Fox is a good player, um, leader of that team. So, expect you know, it's still early. Don't want to get you know go too crazy right now. But 
he definitely mm-hmm. has the the chance to bring it back. Yeah, and I think out of some of the guys on this list that we're going to talk about, he actually has one of the lowest uh, fantasy points per game right now. So he might be the cheapest on this list. You know, last year he he was incredible for fantasy last year. His steals have always been fantastic, which is one of the great things that people have loved about him. And most points league steals are uh, rewarded much higher than all of the other stats, uh, steals and blocks. And so he was a guy who had a great fantasy floor because of that. And he was always a strong attacker. You never had to worry about that. He was in control of the offense. You kind of wondered with him grabbing so many guards if that was going to affect him. It's funny, that doesn't seem to be what's wrong with him right now. But I think he was in a 10-team league. We were in a 10-team league. He was a second-round pick in our draft. And he is performing more like a fourth or fifth-round guy right now. So, yeah, definitely a lot of upside there. Yeah, his ADP was a lot higher than, than what he's averaging currently. So this is the perfect opportunity to go and get him. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's nothing but up for him from here. So Yeah, I think so as I move on to the next guy. You're going to find that in this video, a lot of our theme is shooting slumps because these are guys who we think are stars who are just abnormally below where they are. So a lot of people were really high on Bradley Beal coming in the season. Uh, clearly, you know, we'd seen him without a star on his team. He looked great. He was getting, you know, triple doubles occasionally, which is usually a bonus in a lot of points leagues. Um he was taking and knocking down a lot of shots and he even looked great with stars alongside of him. So it looked like he was kind of this matchup proof guy to where you didn't have to wear him. He used to be an iron man where he didn't miss any, any games. And then he comes in this season and for whatever reason, he's shooting 24 and a half percent from three His average as well as over 37 percent, 37 and a half uh, career. His rebounds and assists are actually both up this year from his career average. So those were all signs that pointed to like, he's ready to break out. And he's got, you know, the whole Wizards team to him. They've got a few pieces who are looking good, but nobody's taking shots from him. And so you, he's had a few games where he's shown what he can be when he's hitting. He just isn't doing it consistently right now. So if you can grab him right now, I would. The, the reason I have him below Dame, in my opinion, and I don't know for sure about Dame, but nothing's been talked about, so I assume he's vaccinated. But Bradley Beal has come out and said he's not. That's a concern only because... If he gets exposed, he still has to quarantine, whereas Dame would not. If he tests positive, I think he's out, is it 10 days, two weeks? Something, there's a minimal mandate that's much longer for unvaccinated players. and He falls into that category. So as long as he avoids that, he'll be fine. Uh, He hasn't really been dealing with a lot of injuries lately. He had a couple stints over the last uh, year or two, and there's been a few concerns already this year, but... He's a guy that you can mostly trust. I expect his shooting to turn around. And with his rebounds and assists going up, he should be a much better player. I understand the risk of no vaccine, though. So that could cost you a couple of weeks if you go out and get him. Yeah, that's something to definitely keep in account. Um, you were starting to see some players go down, you know, Tobias Harris, uh, Chris Middleton, Podal. A lot of uh, players starting to go down for COVID. So, you know, it's still out there, still lingering. Oh, yeah. So. Um, I hate for for it to happen to him and then him miss two or three weeks and you, you know your fans of the team be messed up. But honestly, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a different approach to it. Uh, Beal, you know, coming into the season, I didn't think Beal was he, – he didn't impress me too much. Uh, ESPN, I believe, had him ranked at top ten, number six, I believe. Yeah, that's, I, I thought six. that was – yeah, I think that was just entirely too high for him. Like, he definitely – he's in a shooting slump. But, you know, he's just in a situation, even though, you know, the Wizards kind of came off to a hot start, uh, hot start with – Harold and Kuzma, you know, playing really well along with Dinwiddie. But, you know, he's in a situation where he's not going to win. You know, he's kind of stuck there, big salary, doesn't really want to leave. 
you know, wants to win there. But mm-hmm. I just don't see, you know, him getting too much out of Washington. Um, they're not gonna they're not gonna play him too much where he'll get hurt. So Bill wouldn't be on my list of people to get. He's definitely, you know, a buy low. But then again, at the same time, he was listed too high in my opinion. So if you can give up some people that you know aren't too. But you, you know, maybe like again, like a Bowles Bridge, it's someone who's playing really high to get them. I definitely work it, but don't give up too many big pieces to go after him, in my opinion. Yeah. And the, I mean, I've I've thought every single year he's going to end up on another team, regardless of the talks. It just seems like it just makes too much sense for him to be traded. I know that he wants to win, and I respect that. I'm not going to bash a guy for wanting to stay loyal to his city. But it just seems like there's so much potential for him to go out and slip into a contender and just help him. You've seen how good he plays alongside other stars, and he can shoot well. It's just, I kind of, I get, I'm just getting the feeling that this is the year where he finally is in a different jersey at the end of the season. He may not be super thrilled about it, but if I was the Wizards, and I really didn't think that I had championship aspirations, I would have to just trade him. I know yeah. he loves the city, we love him, but. How are you going to rebuild when you've got a superstar that's keeping you in the middle of the drafts? Like you've got to, you've just got to go for that tank. And I, I know fans hate that, and I understand that completely. But you just got to go for it. Oh yeah, if they want any hope for the future, that's the that's the only way. I mean, yeah, the picks you could get for him, good grief. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think them they're not a bad bad squad around them, but it still seems like you know they're not going to make it out the East. So yeah, probably not. Yeah. So next up my list, I got interesting one, my own draft pick. So this one, you know, is dear to my heart. Uh, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. I've been watching a lot of Sixers game recently, and, you know, something looks off about him. You know, he's top top 10 talent, should be a top 10 talent, but he just looks unconditioned out there. You know, he's, he suffered with uh, knee injuries in the past, so he's questionable every single game this year with a knee injury. Um, knee, a lingering knee injury. So something just looks off, you know, whether it be uh, conditioning, whether it be the, the knee, whatever, whatever it may be. So he's averaging a career low in points and rebounds and shooting 41% from the field, which is down from his career, which is 48. So he's definitely a, definitely a buy low. But it's kind of, honestly, you know, kind of a scary buy low right now. It's, is this going to continue? You know, they're winning games without, you know, him playing too well. Um, then again, I don't want to. You, you don't want to panic. You know, it's only eight games in the season. He could definitely turn around and become a monster. You know, get everything working out. But it's, it's just kind of interesting to see how he's playing now, especially while Ben Simmons in the mix. Uh, Tobias Harris is now out with COVID, and he's still playing like this. Um, interesting that t- tonight he played. He had zero field goals. You know, at halftime. Cash. That, that's that's something that, that's wow. really concerning. So doesn't shoot a shot. You're the best player on the team. So definitely something to keep in mind. He's definitely buy low right now, but it's something to, you know, do your own research, make sure, see, you know, if you if you trust them, be if they can come back, you know, take that take that jump. If not, you know, just keep keep an eye out on them, you know, kind of see where it goes. Yeah, it's Embiid was actually my preseason pick for MVP. I put it down because I thought with Ben Simmons kind of moving on, I thought he would be so mad about the whole situation, he would just dominate his way through the East. I knew the injury concerns were an issue, but. He was close to winning MVP last season when he missed a large chunk of games. If he so, didn't set out 30 games. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, he has the stats to do it. Um, and so I figured, hey, if you just sit out half of those games, people might vote you in as MVP if you play that well. Uh, but it's just, it's been very confusing. And like you said, the biggest thing to me is he's not dominating. They're winning games. Seth Curry has been their leading scorer multiple games now. Tobias is out. And if they trade for a star to replace Ben Simmons, then 
he could take more away. It could help him. You know, if someone as dominant as him, he's maybe doing what they need. And the biggest question mark, red flag of all was he sat out for injury management on a non back to back, but has played in all the teams back to backs. It just gives me that. When are they going to play him? You know, like I can't count on every single night. I have to check the injury report for rest management. Mm-hmm. Not just on back-to-back nights, because you have Embiid on your team, yeah, and, and I have I, on we've worked panicking every time. <laughs> yeah, I have multiple occasions this season. I have gone to your team. I've clicked proposed trade. I've clicked Embiid and gone to my team and just paused and tried to think how much do I want to give up for a guy I think could be MVP this season. But just the question marks have kept me every single time I haven't I haven't gone through. I sent you one, <laughs> you didn't like it. No. But that's fine. <laughs> that's the story uh, about that. Yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, like I said, you know, eight, eight, nine games in the season. Not gonna panic too quick. You know, we're just get we're just getting rolling. My biggest concern is him playing like this and the Sixers still winning. Maybe, you know, they start really resting him. They have Andre Drummond as his backup who's playing really well when he's not playing. So it's kind of concerning. So something to definitely keep your eye on. Yeah, I'm going to go to the guy in the East who is who should be competing with him for, you know, contention. Not not probably winning all my pick for winning it all. The East is the Nets, assuming that they get it together and, and keep doing well. But the Celtics is a team that expects to be one of the top seeds, if not the top seed they have. And the guy that's leading their team is Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's had a lot of struggles lately. He's really he's had a few explosion games where he just showed that he's a monster. And we know that. But he is, just like the other guys, he's shooting 13% fewer points. Uh, his his field goal percentage is 13% lower on threes. So he's shooting 26 versus his career of 39. This is a guy who can score from all levels. Uh, he's an excellent rebounder, great on defense, uh, and can shoot. And he's even showed him a higher propensity for passing the ball this season. So those stats give him a baseline and as his scoring levels out he should go back into a first round monster he was picked the spot ahead of me at pick eight i actually really wanted him at nine it's seemingly so far early season i've dodged a little bit of a bullet because katie has been so much better but i think tatum will turn around i'd be fine with going out and trying to trade for for tatum but i also think there's a lot of people who have tatum who are not willing yet to give up less than the first round value because he is the face of that franchise now the thing the question marked about the celtics is their team chemistry something is really off right now supposedly you know jalen brown jason tatum are not the best friends not a big deal a lot of teams have stars who don't have the best relationship they're not they don't hate each other they're just not friends but then marcus mark goes out and calls them both out for how they performed in a loss in a collapse and they have to have a team meeting to work things out already. I mean, it's been two weeks, three weeks, and they're having to have team meetings to work out their issues. And it's like, okay, it's a long season, guys. If you don't have it together right now, it's only going to be more and more exhausting, especially if they don't start winning a lot more of these games they expect to win. And I'm not, I don't, it's not one of those things that you're like, he's not going to be traded. He's not going to be benched. Like, he's too good for all of that. But it's just how much does that team chemistry play? going forward i definitely agree definitely agree and, and first off who is marcus smart think he is to to make that comment i, I watched i watched that interview and i was just like yo come on man <laughs> like just, just do your job on the team this is not I you know. but yeah 
But yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I definitely agree. And you know, my biggest thing, especially playing in a points league, um, when I want to look for a guy, I look for a guy who has opportunity and volume. Jason Tatum, even though he's missing, he is not scared to shoot the ball. No. He's shooting 25, 26 times a night where, you know, he's missing missing a lot. But, you know, he, he starts he, – he brings that focal percentage up, you know, misses half those shots. You know, he turns into a elite fantasy player. So, mm-hmm. um, I think he definitely has an opportunity. We've seen him in the past. He's still young. He's still growing. Um, he's a, he's a now an all-star, working his way into a superstar. Um, I, I think I think he'll be great. Definitely a great by low candidate. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, and, I mean, he's – it's just it doesn't make much sense. I think when you talk about opportunity, out of all the elite players on the all the elite players on this list we've mentioned, he may have the most potential in usage, and that's just because the Celtics like give him the ball. They run everything through him. Everyone on this list has elite usage, uh, but Tatum really just they try to force feed it through him. So any increase in stats be great. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And not to mention the two positions, small forward, power forward, huge, huge. Mm-hmm. All right, last up for me is a player who, surprisingly, not playing terrible this year, um, but definitely not performing at his ADP is James Harden. James Harden, even though he has picked it up in his last two games, maybe you know starting to get adjusted to all the the rule changes and the foul calls and everything. But James Harden was projected to be a top five pick by ESPN, I believe, top six in Yahoo. Um, and now, uh, you know, again, he, he started off real rough. He was a lot of complaining, him and Steve Nash, about how he was going to officiate it. You know, maybe the rule change was, you know, targeting him. Um, he was average. He's averaging 21 points, which is a career low for him. Um, you know, assists and rebounds are still there. But you kind of expect a lot more of Kyrie out, you know, and him running the offense. So um, someone I definitely look for to picking it up, you know, uh, KD came out strong this year, you know, doing his thing, but, you know, he's going to need a right-hand man and, and James Harden to pick it up, you know. So, someone I definitely looked at, uh, look at to increase for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, he's a team, he's on a team that he's got stars, but he was drafted as, in most leagues, a top three, maybe top four guy. So, he was expected to run the offense, which was great. Like if you are giving the ball, passing the ball to Kevin Durant for shots, you expect to get assists. If you're passing the ball to Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving, expecting to get shots, you should get assists. Kyrie Irving's obviously not out there, which is actually a point I want to bring up later. We'll bring, we'll talk about that on our news and notes episode coming up soon. But it's just he's not performing as the top four pick that you thought he would be. And so that's why it feels like such a buy low. He's acting like a second round pick right now. So maybe if you think he goes back to that potential and the foul calls are hurting him, I will not say whether or not we think those are biased against him or if that's good for the league. But regardless, he's shooting less free throws and scoring less because of it. Mm-hmm. So I think his game will adapt as the season goes on. I think he'll resort to more true scoring rather than free throws and he should be fine definitely agree which he's capable of it's just you know he has to get out the hole i'm a rapper my arm around people yeah. but like i said i'm not let's not get into that but <laughs> yeah let's, let's not talk about whether or not his he's yeah. being targeted but one, the last thing i want to bring up on our buy low episode is me and you made a trade we finally yeah. it's my first trade of the season it's your second trade of the season second trade in 24 hours for you yeah um cool. so you've made a couple of trades you finally got it kicked off in our league I've sent out a few offers to some 
declined so far, but me and you finally made a trade. I thought we'd kind of share with the people, even if it's nothing important, when we show them what it's the thought process that goes into making a trade, what makes a trade worth it for you. Because sometimes it's stats. Sometimes it's because you would love to have his poster on your wall. And so mm-hmm. fantasy sports, you know, as much as it is about winning and, you know, we want to beat our friends, the bragging rights, it's all fun. There's nothing more fun than having some of your favorite players on your roster. You want to enjoy the players you watch. It's fun to watch them get stats. And so our trade was we traded straight up one for one. It's very rare. I traded you Kevin Durant. You traded me Paul George. So I'll go first, I guess, real quick to say why I made the trade. My strategy and my schedule has been terrible so far this season. My team has been great. I'm one and one. Uh, I played a guy last week who had the best schedule in the league. He beat everyone else, I think, in our league by 200, 300 points. Um, no one else had a, strategy, had a schedule anywhere near his, so there's nothing I could do. But I had a bunch of players playing on the same days and nobody playing on off nights. And I looked down the schedule a little bit. Paul George finally started playing on some off nights. Kevin Durant and Paul George are both averaging 40.8 points per game in our league. So they're averaging the exact same. So I didn't feel like I was losing anything points-wise. And they both have dual position. But Paul George had shooting guard small forward. So I needed that to go into... I had more need at the shooting guard than at the power forward. So I gave up Kevin Durant's power forward for Paul George's shooting guard. And the last thing was I saw a little blurb about the new mayor of New York was going to potentially look into easing the restrictions that are in New York. Now, that's not until January when he's instated, but that could allow Kyrie to play. Gave me a little hesitation about Kevin Durant going forward. I know he's still not going to relinquish everything to Kyrie, and Kyrie may not even be there. But it was just kind of all those things in my head, plus the fact that Paul George started playing on some nights my team was not playing on, uh, made me willing to make that trade. And yeah, very good reasons, very good reasons. My reasons, a lot, a lot different. Um, there was some <laughs> positional need. So, yeah, like you mentioned, I definitely I made a trade recently. I acquired Steph, and I, I lost the power forward slot. So my biggest thing was, you know, getting a power forward. I, had, I have a lot of guards, many guards on my team. So biggest thing was get a power forward and KD. Um, to fill that need on the nights, you know, I had Mobley, and that was, that was it. So being able to bring uh, KD in would definitely fill that for me. And then second, you know, KD is my favorite player in the, in the NBA currently. I mean, he's the best player in the NBA currently. You know, we're not going to get into the whole debate, but he, he's the best player in the NBA. So, you know, who wouldn't want to watch KD every single night, you know, score 30 against against any team at will? So, you know, just like, like Tyler had mentioned, just having players that you enjoy watching, to have fun watching, it's, you know, that's, that's what it's about. So me getting him, even though Paul George is, you know, one of my also favorite players, but not as much as KD. So I think making a trade was huge for me. You know, it kind of hurt losing PG. He's having a great season. I've, I've seen Chance now MVPG because um, <laughs> he's he's showing what, you know, what he showed in this one year with the Thunder. Yeah. Um, that, that MVP, Paul George, you know, my biggest concern with him was just, you know, them not having Kawhi potential this whole season. And, you know, the maybe potentially the Clippers falling off, you know, maybe they start resting them. You know, they've already started resting Marcus Morris with the issue. You know, Paul George is one of the greatest ass. He just signed the extension with him last year. So um, they definitely don't want to lose him for a year. Then I'm going to have Kawhi. So um, I definitely I saw that risk. So, you know, that along with KD being my favorite player, I just went ahead and took it. Yep. And so I just, you know, let people know, as, don't get ripped off because of it. Don't get ripped off of it. Don't hear what we're not saying. But it's okay to trade for players because you like them. Like, there's so much fun. 
I'm a huge Grizzlies fan. Last year I did it. I traded for John Morant. The trade was probably – we traded last year. It was me and you. You gave me John Morant. The trade was probably a little bit in your favor. I ended up being okay with it because I loved turning on a Grizzlies game and watching John Morant put up points for my fantasy team. We even went to a game together last year, and I – Every time, well, two years ago, I think it was. Every time he scored, it was like points, points, points. It was just so much fun watching my guy put up points. So it was fun. Um, but yeah, that there's many reasons to make trades in fantasy basketball. Enjoy your team. Have fun watching the players that you like to watch. But again, don't get ripped off because of yeah, it. That's not uh, <laughs> people, I, all the time, I get Grizzlies trades in my queue that are terrible <laughs> because someone's hoping that I'll take it for that Grizzly. And I have to admit, it is hard to reject a lot of times. I just imagine, oh, if I just click accept here, I've got this guy on my team. But be careful, but like your trades. Oh, yeah. Have fun. Number one thing. All right, well, that's it for the buy low. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully you were able to target some of these guys. Uh, let us some, know some other buy low candidates. I know there's some guys who were considered sleepers at the beginning of the season who have not been performing. One of those I can just throw out there as a little bonus for you. Kevin Porter Jr., he's still on my team. I am hanging on to him, though. I am not trading him. I still think there's opportunity. He's missing a lot of shots. He has a lot of turnovers. It should all start going back the right way. But there's some guys like that who are further down the draft that haven't performed yet. Let us know who those guys are for you and who you're targeting by low. But as always, thanks for listening to the Fantasy Engineers. Until next time.